I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode 15 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hi, friends. Welcome back. I am always so excited to be with you, whether you are listening to this on a Monday morning on your car ride to school or at home as you're walking the dog or getting ready for dinner. I just love popping into your ear each week and sharing ideas. Also, welcome to the month of April. I really could not believe that we are already into April of 2021. I just feel like this year seems to be going by so fast. The end of the year will be here before we know it. So let me just go ahead and jump right in. Last week, if you listened to my episode, then you remember I shared 10 ideas for reading response assignments, just different ways that you can get your students to respond to their reading, things that you can use for accountability, for assessment, just ways to remind your students that they should be thinking while they're reading. And if you missed it and you're looking for some ways that you can spice up your reading response routine, then you definitely want to go back and give that episode a listen. But if you listen to it and if you even started to implement some of those ideas, then maybe you're starting to wonder or ask yourself, okay, my students are responding to their reading And now what am I supposed to do with with all of these reading response assignments coming in? My students are filling out sticky notes and graphic organizers, and they're completing choice board assessments or choice board assignments, and they're writing book reviews. And now it just feels like my job as a teacher got a little more challenging because I have more paper to manage. And let me tell you, I totally hear you. I feel like sometimes as teachers, just because the way our educational system is set up, we have to manage so much paper or so many digital assignments if you're still teaching virtually. And I remember my first year or two of teaching, I 
don't remember where I heard this from or why this was the thing, but it was the sort of the expectation. The idea was is that students would write a letter to their teacher in their reading journal and the teacher would reply back to their students. And I was teaching second grade, my first couple of years of teaching. And I remember I would have my students write to me about what they were reading in their reading journal and I would tell them, you guys write to me in your reading journal and I will read it and I will respond back to you and get you your feedback tomorrow. I will do this tonight. And of course, I had all of their journals, their composition notebooks. I would take them home with me and I had every intention of sitting down and putting Grey's Anatomy on in the background and going through all of my students' reading response assignments. But of course, at the end of a long day, the last thing I wanted to do was to read 24 reading response journals. And so I would put it off and my students would ask about them the next day. And I said, okay, I'll do it tonight. you know. And then of course, they wanted to know, well, what am I supposed to do during my you know, what are we supposed to write in for our reading journals today? And I was like, don't worry about it. We'll just do it again, you know, tomorrow. Today, you don't have to respond. And I feel like this routine went on for a couple days and the days would turn into weeks. And at one point during my first year of teaching, I'm pretty sure I held possession of my students' reading journals for probably like, a, I don't know, two weeks at a time because I could not force myself to sit down and respond to all of their reading responses. And then I realized once I did actually respond to them because my students were in second grade, my responses weren't even that meaningful because a lot of times they couldn't read or interpret or apply the feedback that I had given them in their journals. And so I have definitely experienced the feeling of frustration at having to assess and respond to and provide feedback to my students' reading responses. Responding to a reading response seems a little, I don't know, a little redundant, but that's what we have to do as teachers. All that to say, throughout the years, I have figured out different different systems or routines that I can incorporate that sort of hold me accountable as a teacher to providing regular feedback to my students on their reading responses. And I quickly realized that if I am going to ask my students to complete an assignment or complete something that they are going to turn into me, I have to provide feedback to them. I have to let them know that I am checking it, that I am looking at it, that I am considering their thoughts, because if not, there's no point in me asking them to do it. And if I can't keep keep up with what they are writing and what they're responding, then it becomes wasted time for them and wasted time for me to collect it and just carry it around in my bag over and over again. Anyways, all that to say, today... In this episode, I have five different systems that you could possibly incorporate into your reading block that will help you regularly review your students' reading response assignments. And all of these systems are things that I have incorporated in my classroom throughout the years. And some of them I would use for weeks at a time, others I would use for months at a time, and there are some routines that I would use for entire years. And similar to you know, reading responses, each of these systems has a different benefit. Each of these systems has a different perk. They have different pros, different cons, and they serve different purposes. And so if you're looking for a new system on how you can check and provide feedback to your students' reading responses, I would encourage you to try them all, figure out what works for you, and then also think about which ones are going to help you get to your goals quicker. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Five different systems you can use to check and provide feedback to students during their reading responses. The first system that I liked to use is to provide feedback to students on their reading responses during a reading conference. And 
I like this for a couple of reasons. First of all, if you're not using reading conferences in your reading block on a regular basis, I would encourage you to do so. And for those of you who have never done a reading conference, let me give you just a quick little preview of what it is. A reading conference is really a short, maybe three three to five minute check-in with a student. It is a face-to-face one-on-one conference where you check in with them on what they are reading and you maybe talk about their goals, what they've been reading. You ask them to share strategies with you. You ask them what's been going well. Maybe you provide them a little teaching and support on something that you've observed either during small group or a strategy group or even during a whole group lesson that you wanted to reinforce with them. It's really just a time for you to have one-on-one time with your students where the conversation is focused on their reading. And I incorporate these into my reading block. I would try to do reading conferences every day and I would make it my goal. Now, sometimes our goals don't always happen, but I would make it my goal to have a reading conference with my students every week. Now, that was my goal. The reality of it is, is most of the time I would get to my students every other week. So every other week I was able to have a one-on-one check-in with my students and I started using this as a time to go through and check their reading response assignments. And I liked this for a couple of reasons. First of all, I wouldn't check every single reading response assignment that they would turn in. I would ask them to pick either their reading response assignment that was their favorite or the one that was the most challenging. And then we would have a conversation and talk through it. And I liked doing this in a one-on-one setting where we could actually talk about it because I could provide instant feedback and I could take a look at what their reading response assignment was. Maybe they did a book review or they wrote a summary or even if they were preparing an artifact for a book talk, I could give them immediate feedback and they could make the changes right there with me. And I could make sure that the changes were correct and accurate. I mean, I think how often I would write feedback in, you know, marker or colored pencil on my students' reading responses, or even in their writing, I would, you know, give suggestions next time, you know, use a character's name or use text evidence or even be more descriptive, whatever it is. But our students don't always understand what we mean with the feedback that we write, or they don't always know how to go about applying that feedback. But when you can have a one-on-one conference with your students and you can give them feedback and show them exactly what you mean, they are more likely to make those changes. And if they can make those changes with you sitting next to them, they're going to feel a little bit more confident to make those changes, even if you're not there. So I love checking reading response assignments with students in real time during reading conferences. So that is my favorite way to, like I said, provide feedback. If you're not using reading conferences, I would encourage you to try to incorporate them. It's such a great way just to check in with students, provide that real-time feedback. And then it allows you to, like I said, you're not checking every single reading response, but you can check enough just to make sure students are being thoughtful. You know, it's enough accountability to where students know that they're going to be sharing some of their reading responses with you and they want to make sure that they're producing high quality, you know, work. So that's my first suggestion. The next system that I like to use, and I would try to use this one on a regular basis as well, is to use peer feedback. So I think so often as teachers, we think that we have to be the ones to give feedback to our students. And yes, because of the system we work in, we need to check students' work and we need to provide grades to some assignments because, you know, we want to make sure there's accountability. But The other thing to keep in mind is that our students, their classmates can be just as effective at providing feedback on assignments and they can even sometimes provide better feedback than teachers can because it's coming from their peer perspective. And there's a couple different ways that you can teach your students to give feedback. It's really helpful if they have a system 
or a structure to give the feedback. And a couple that I use with my students are just having them identify the glows and the grows. So the glows are obviously what are the things that they liked about the reading response assignment that they were reviewing. And the grows are what are one or two things that the other person could improve upon. Other systems we used are two stars and a wish. What are two things that they did really well? And then what is one thing you wish they would have included? You could also do something really as simple as start doing and stop doing. So the next time they're going to do a reading response, what are things that your students can start doing or stop doing? Or another idea is a three, two, one, three things that your students loved about the reading response, two questions that they had, and one reminder for next time. So simply giving your students simple frameworks like this can help them become really effective at providing feedback to your students. And I actually have a a freebie that has a some sticky note templates that you can use for student feedback that I'm going to go ahead and link in the show notes. But the thing that I love about having your students give feedback to each other is that it takes the responsibility off of you and it puts them on them. There is one teacher and there are 20 some students. And so just think about how many more assignments can be reviewed and provided feedback and given suggestions if you involve your students in the feedback process. And again, the whole point of us having students respond to their reading is for accountability and to give them a structure to provide, you know, evidence of their thinking. And while as a teacher, of course, you want to monitor that, you're not the only one that can help them and grow and improve in that area. So if you have not used peer feedback as a way to provide, you know, feedback on student reading responses or to check it, I would definitely encourage you to do so. The other thing that is really helpful or I think beneficial about peer feedback is it helps with our students' listening and speaking skills. I think, again, those are part of the standards. And sometimes I think as teachers, we forget that we actually need to teach our students to improve in those areas. And anytime that they are able to have a conversation and engage in dialogue with their classmates, it's just another opportunity for them to improve and refine those skills. So Regularly using peer feedback is another great way that you can respond to all of your students' reading response assignments. Make the students do more work. You work hard enough as is. Another system that I used is the five-a-day method. And this is just simply, I would tell myself that every day I'm going to check five of my students' reading response assignments. And I always gave my students a number. So Usually it was, you know, alphabetical. So if you were the last name with A, you were one. If your last name was, you know, B or whatever came next, two and all the way down. And we used those numbers for so many things. For lining up, I used the number system for how they would check out their books from the library. Monday, students one through five got to go to the library. Tuesday, six through 10, whatever it was. And I started using the same numbering system for assessments or if I had to do check-ins or even like reading conferences. And so my students knew that if it was... Monday, I they needed to, after the reading block, if you were one through five, you needed to turn in your reading journal or your reading response assignments, whatever it was. And I had a specific bin where they would turn those in. And then throughout the day, if I had a few extra minutes, you know, at the end of a transition, or if I finished a small group early, or even, you know, on my planning or my lunch break, I knew that those five students that I needed to assess their reading response activities or assignments that day. And I was just responsible for doing five a day. And usually I shared in the last episode that, you know, I would either give my students, you know, some choice or some flexibility. And so in some cases, 
my students will be turning in multiple assignments. So some students might be turning in a, a book report or a book review and other students might be turning in, you know, an illustration or a reading journal. And so if there was something that I wanted to grade specifically, I would usually tell my students for the whole class that this week I'm going to be grading a, a summary or I'm going to be grading a graphic organizer. And so make sure you turn that in. And that's the one that I would use like a rubric or a checklist to assess. You know, a lot of times it'd be criteria that we came up with. And for the other assignments that they turned in, I would just check to make sure that they are completing them. So again, whatever I was assigning, I wasn't always grading each individual activity that was turned in. I was just checking to make sure it was finished. And then usually usually one of them I was grading. And when there's only five students a day turning in their work, it is so manageable to grade. And it never felt overwhelming for me as a teacher. So that's a system that I used for a very long time is the five-a-day method. Other systems that you can use is similar to the five-a-day method. You could do a daily quick check with a Friday assessment. And so a lot of times what that looks like is if my students were required to do, and this especially works if there's a lot of choice involved, the end of the reading block, I would tell my students, put your reading response assignment on your desk. And I would just simply quickly walk around up and down the rows and I would just check off, did students complete it or not? And if they didn't complete it, then a lot of times it would become homework or it would become work they had to do during recess. And then Fridays were the day that we would assess their reading response assignment. So again, maybe that's the day that I would say, okay, do a graphic organizer or you're going to do a sticky note and I'm going to come around and assess the quality of this one reading response. And so every day I would just quickly check, check mark, check mark, check mark. They got it done. And then Friday I would collect them and grade that one assignment for Friday. So again, it was just another system and a really easy way for me to organize. How are my students completing assignments? How am I checking their assignments? And then how am I grading them? So the daily quick checks with Friday assessments is another method you can do. And then the last one, and this one might be one of my favorites, save the best for last, but is doing whole group feedback. Now, this is really helpful for something at the start of the year or if you are introducing a new type of reading response. And I would not using this method if you are wanting to be grading something, but really if you are in a, a teaching phase and you want your students to improve on this type of reading response assignment or activity. And what you do is, again, carve out a little bit of time in your reading block to where your students can come together as a whole group and provide feedback on one student's reading response assignment. And it's helpful if you let your students know that we're going to be doing whole group feedback, you know, on Monday, if you want to have a reading response assignment, you know, assessed by the class or given feedback by the class. This is when it's going to be happening. And, you know, let your students know when it's happening and then make sure your students understand that they don't have to volunteer their work to be reviewed by the class, but that it's going to help them become a stronger reader and writer. And all you do is you just ask for a student to share their work under the document camera or on the Zoom screen in whatever way to where the whole class can see it. And then you simply open it up and let the whole class give feedback to that student. You know, maybe let the student share a little bit about what they read, why they responded in that way. Maybe if they have questions on how to improve their, their response activity, but then let the class give feedback on it. And I would usually start off by, you know, identifying something that was really positive. So we could start off, you know, with a positive and then a couple other kids would identify some positive things about that, that assignment or about that reading response activity. And then 
we would move into providing some constructive criticism. And we, you know, we had to have a conversation when we first started doing this about the whole point of the whole group feedback is not to point out the flaws, to not to point out what they did wrong, but to give them ideas on how they can improve and grow and become stronger, stronger writers, stronger readers, stronger thinkers, stronger students with, you know, comprehension skills. And creating that sort of like culture that feedback isn't a bad thing, making mistakes and learning how we can improve them isn't a bad thing. It's just going to make us all better. And one thing that I would do is I would have my students, you know, bring their, if everybody would come to the carpet with their reading journals or their notebooks or their sticky notes or their reading response activities or their graphic organizers, whatever it is we were doing. And even though we're giving feedback to one specific student, I would remind students now, If you did something similar, you know, whether we're giving feedback on grammar or editing or even content or text evidence, whatever it is, if we're encouraging one student to fix that in their reading response, I would encourage all students to do that. Now I'd say, okay, look at your own graphic organizer. Check to see, did you do something similar? Is there a way that you could improve that? Okay, take a minute or two and share with your buddy sitting next to you, you know, point it out, see if they have something that they can improve, that they can learn from this feedback session that we just gave the student. So you can really use the whole group feedback session as a way to not only improve just one student, but all students in your class. And again, we're providing accountability. We're helping sort of create this culture in our classroom that, you know, giving feedback is just part of the learning process. And so the whole group feedback method is not always the best, obviously, for grading, but it is really helpful if you are in a phase where you are teaching about reading responses and you are really wanting your students to refine the way that they respond to their reading. So If you've not done that yet, I would definitely encourage you to do so. It's so fun, like I said, just to have your students feel like there is a classroom environment that wants them to improve, you know, and that is willing to to give both praise and suggestions on how they can become better when it comes to creating reading responses. So those are my five different systems that you can use to check and provide feedback for your students' different reading responses. So as they're completing all these reading response activities, you now have some ideas on how you can manage all that paper coming in. So let me just go ahead and review real quick. You can check your reading responses during reading conference time. You can also incorporate peer feedback. You could limit the number of responses that you check a day and maybe do five a day or four a day. You could do a quick little daily check with just making sure every day that they've completed the activity and only grade the assignment on Friday. And then you can also incorporate whole group feedback. Now, one final reminder before I sign off for this week. And it's important that you have a system for checking student work because we work in an educational system that does require us to keep grades and implement accountability measures. And so really, whether we like it or not, we need to make sure that we're regularly checking and assessing and giving feedback to our students' work. But even with that requirement in place, what we really want to do is make sure that we are teaching our students that their reading responses are primarily for their own benefit, that they are responding to the reading not for the sake of just a grade or an assessment, but really to help them improve their understanding and comprehension of what they are reading. That responding to reading is just one part of the reading process. And whether anybody ever checks it or gives it a grade, it is something that they want to do and work on getting better at because it's going to make them a better reader. And I think so often, Our focus with our instruction is on the end goal, the test, the graded assignment, the quiz at the end of the week, that our students sometimes lose sight of the importance of the process. And when our students regularly respond to what they are reading, 
they are applying those key comprehension strategies and critical thinking skills, which is only going to make them stronger readers. So yes, having a system for checking students' work is important. Yes, we want to be checking their work, but we also want to teach them that even if nobody ever looks at their reading response assignments, they still want to work on becoming better at responding to what they're reading because it's just part of what makes us good readers anyways. I'll get off my little soapbox for now, and I'm going to go ahead and sign off and... I hope that you guys all have a great week and I will see you back here next Monday. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. And you can also find links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.